Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I think he's going to eliminate a ton of the distractions for Trevor. He's going to really simplify the game for him and let him use his strength. This is a kid that's incredibly talented and allow him to kind of go out there and just play football, which is what I'm sure he wants to do anyway. You know, your rookie year is tough, especially as a number one overall pick, and there was a lot there. And, and so I think uh, I know Trevor's looking forward to kind of putting that aside and, and putting that behind them and, and moving forward. And, and I think it's a great partnership with Doug. I think he's going to be wonderful for Trevor's development. Who is that? Oh, it's a new one. Um, it's got to be somebody with some Philly ties. Mm. No? I personally would have thought the sound bites would have came when Urban Meyer was the coach from this guy. Uh, it wasn't Tebow. Mm-hmm. Um, right ballpark, maybe a bit earlier? Earlier than Tebow. Chris Leak? Maybe a bit earlier, maybe a different team. Oh, Alex Smith. You better believe it. It did sound like Alex Smith. Yeah, good call. Um, that's interesting. So is he doing stuff for ESPN? Yeah. And, and so he was just talking about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just happened to be talking about Trevor today, which is okay. uh, appreciate, appreciate it, Alex. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize he was doing that. So uh, I bet he'll be pretty good. You know, it's interesting. Alex Smith doesn't strike. So funny at times. Like, if you have the resume, first of all, that can get you in the door, right? Yes. As one of these these uh as an analyst as a former player in any sport mm-hmm. but then there are other folks like well, you don't have to necessarily be like this all pro guys whatever guys if you have the personality and the, and the chops to do it and i think there are plenty of both like obviously you look at an nfl network they love boasting about how many hall of famers they have on their show and yeah. and you know this and that and i would say okay that's cool and sometimes they're good but i'm not sure like they're always good you know, oh, I think yeah. their resume sometimes is better than their game. That's fair. Um, and and not all of them, by the way. I'm just I'm just kind of blanketing this discussion. Uh, and so what I'm getting at here is Alex Smith doesn't strike me as a guy that would be very good at this. Like he seems like he's pretty low key. Yeah. Not a ton of energy. And really, never really liked it from the other point of view that much to where he would give you a whole hell of a lot. But I might be wrong. I mean. That doesn't mean he won't be. Uh, like, you look at Maurice Jones-Drew, and I knew he'd be pretty good at it. He loves talking. Like, right. even when he didn't like talking to us, he liked talking to us, you know? Like, he, he liked the back and forth. He liked analyzing the game. He has personality. Like, that was easy. That was an easy play. You could see. Um, I can say the same thing. Like, Calais Campbell will be good at this someday because he likes it. He's a fan of the game. I always felt like a guy like Alex Smith, at least this from the outside looking in, a very good player, turned into a very good player, had a lot of experiences that he could share, um, but also was like, hey, when I'm, like, I'm not you know, in the meeting room or playing football, I'm putting football down. And, and I didn't see him maybe getting into this path, but uh, it'll be interesting to watch and see how good he is at it because you just never know who's going to be great at it. Right. That's a good call. Um, so we'll see uh, what happens. That's my long talk about Alex Smith being now an analyst yeah. on ESPN. That is true. I'm trying to think. Like, you do think about it sometimes. Like, who are, like, the no-brainer guys? Uh, see, like, Steve Smith is okay, in my opinion. He's just okay, you know? He's just okay. Like, he has some really strong takes. So, for today's day and age of broadcasting, like, he gets the job done. But he still, like, loves talking about Steve Smith. Well, yeah. Yeah, that like, is fair. And, and in this, like, listen, Michael Irvin loves talking about Michael Irvin, but he's learned to not always talk about Michael Irvin. 
That's a good call. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. And, and so it's like, to me, again, I don't know if the average person cares about that. Me and, like, the broadcast world is like, yeah, you know, okay, Steve, like, that's great, but we want you to talk about this guy, not right. you back in, like, 2014, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyway, that is that. Brent Martineau, along with uh, Casey Kurtz here on a Tuesday. Our resident uh, uh, football player, not in here today on a Tuesday, but we got shock your mock season coming up anyway. Let's get to it, man. Let's shock another mock without Austin Lane. We might make this, I don't know, a little bit of a habit. Maybe we just need to go solo on this thing on draft week. Give Austin a break. Yeah, du- duo because it's two of us. But, yeah, I-, I-, I get your point. It's all good. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop, ever. I am shocked and appalled. I am shocked and chagrined, mortified and stupefied. So you're trying to play GM and you started a mock. So I go to my boy Money Martin, are we popping the truck? We sell the mother... Gonna suck your mouth. 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 All right, uh, shock your mock time. Yeah, I was thinking of this as we were playing the open. Have we seen any expert like do like just some crazy mock draft? Like, wow, that's way out of left field. Like, you might think of Quanu. You could even think Neil, although that seems like nobody's doing that. Is it all Hutchinson and Walker like everywhere? And maybe a little aquatic. Yes, yeah, pretty much. And that's, there's nothing like crazy like we were talking about a couple of segments ago with like a Jamison Williams sneaking no, in there. No, or, no, no. or nobody's even shoved like Thibodeau in there somehow, huh? There was something today from like Bleacher Report that Thibodeau was up there, but it was like an opinion piece or something. So, okay. I mean, you can't really take much stake in that, but I did see it today. So, all right. Uh, you know, like no this Drake one. London either, obviously. Here's one difference between maybe you and me and, and Austin. Okay, and I'm putting you and me in the same bucket and Austin in a different bucket. Yeah. But, like, he ain't on the gram like us. He is not on the gram like us. Yep. Right. That us is key there for sure. That is true. Like, we are on the gram. Just a couple of grammars. It comes with a little swag on the gram. Oh, yeah. So, I've had several people over this course of Shock Your Mock Season 3, 2022, reach out on the gram, including Patrick Law. By the way, I noted Patrick Long has a decent amount of followers really? on the Instagram. Must have a lot of friends. Uh, or maybe uh, he does something important. I don't know. One of the two. I mean. So here we go. And I said to Casey, I said, Casey, which, dra- which one are we going to go with? He said, well, the one you sent me. And this was Patrick Long. And he said, but it's terrible. It's awful. Yeah. I just uh, absolutely. Like, listen, I love Star Wars and Harry Potter as much as the next person. Star Trek is trash. But you get the idea. That's all fantasy. This guy must have as many followers because he was in the movies and we didn't know because this draft is absolutely fiction. All right. So here's here's the thing. Okay, guys. I think we should get to I want to start a simulator on the mock season where you can't make a trade. I like that. Because, like, sure, we'd love some of these trades, but first of all, we all know, I've told you for three months, nobody's trading with the Jags. Heck, Trent Bulky told us on Friday, hasn't even got a call about a, a trade. Right. Like, they haven't even inquired, like, we'll give you sunflower seeds and my fourth pick for the first pick. They haven't even tried that. 
They're not interested. Yeah. And so, but yet, here on Shock Your Mock Season, you're, most everybody's mock drafts, want to. they want to play with trades. Like you're living in a fantasy world, people. Okay. Trying to tell you. This ain't Hogwarts, bruh. But anyway, nonetheless. Okay. Uh, so here we go. Yeah. The Jags trade. I, I'm not even going to go crazy. With Basically, they trade twice in this scenario. They trade with Houston. They drop back to their third pick. Then they trade with Seattle, and they end up getting DK Metcalf. Yep. All right. And actually, somehow, they get DK Metcalf, a second-round pick, and the ninth overall pick of Seattle's for just giving up the third overall pick. Yeah, that, you Like, know, it's not even real, is it? No, I mean, no. Actually, no, it's not. Even in a fictional scenario, no, it's not real because Malik Willis is not worth that. Kenny Pickett is not worth that. And you're certainly not trading up to the third pick if you don't want one of those guys. So, e e no. But how much would DK Metcalf cost you to get? More than the third pick overall? No? Like, and you're getting the ninth? You're not getting the you ninth. Get DK and, DK and the ninth? Absolutely not. No. I mean, yeah, he, I don't think if so. it's DK straight up, if I was Seattle, I'd do that. I don't know if I would do that if I was Jacksonville, but you, you get the idea. Yeah, you're saying DK for the third pick overall. Yes, correct. Yeah, Seattle probably still wouldn't do that. I would do that if I was the Jags, but Seattle would still want, like, a fourth or a second or next year's first. Right. So I would think. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but whatever. Hey, hey, we got DK Metcalf now. So I we, mean, yeah. what the hell? I love it. I mean, listen, I hate it, but I love it. Yeah. So now, all of a sudden, we have DK Metcalf, and just to clarify, no pass rusher and no offensive line. So we have DK Metcalf and the ninth pick. Oh, and then guess what we get with the ninth pick, people? Hey, pass rusher, Guess what hopefully. we get with the ninth pick? Jamison Williams. Great. Jamison Williams. So now we have DK Metcalf and Jamison Williams, and $72 million Christian Kirk now is our third wide receiver. Marvin Jones getting paid $10 million. He's on the bench. Zay Jones getting like a $25 million contract. We cut his ass. <laughs> <laughs> We have more receivers than the Pro Bowl. What about LaVisca? LaVisca, ah, move him to running back. Okay, because we didn't draft one of those. Perfect, perfect. Okay, yeah, this is this is good. DK and Jameson and the boys and Kirk and <laughs> <laughs> what, a, I mean, what a moment. This is incredible. Uh, so anyway, somehow or another, we ended up with the 13th pick too. Yeah, so that came from Houston in the original trade in which they got the first pick. Oh, yeah, they have two picks. Yeah. And so and so now, like, we're excited about the edge guy, and we want Purdue's George Kalaftis, Karlaftis, with, with the 13th overall pick. Is good old George, not Pickens, but Karlaftis going to really go top 15? No, probably not. Uh, everything you're reading about him, it sounds like the Packers and the Bucks, the late-round teams, are uh, doing the deep-dive research on our boy Georgie. Uh, but, you know, 14 career sacks at Purdue, um, you know, that – yeah. Same with Hutchinson last year. Yeah, right, exactly. So I guess when you're talking 13, okay, it makes sense. Um, you know, 6'3", 266 pounds. Uh, apparently does not play at a good pad level, low pad level. Sir. So that's – I don't know what that even means, to be honest with you. Uh, struggles against offensive tackles who play with excellent hand timing. Oh. 
So hand time. more or less, if the offensive lineman across from him knows how to use his hands at the right time, which this is the National Football League, so in theory they probably do, this guy's not getting in. And long, oh, by the way, he has short arms apparently. So if the Uh-oh. offensive tackle has long arms and good hands, this dude more or less is just laying on the ground. By the way, there's no way Balky's picking him with, with short arms. And if you got 13th pick over here, why don't you just take like Jordan Davis? That would be a good call. Yeah, so less than desirable arm length. I just want to drive that home. Uh, I still can't get over the fact that now we have DK Metcalf, James Williams, Kirk Jones, Visca, and Zay. I mean, it's. It's unbelievable. What a receiving core. Yeah, worst of first. You know what I mean? We're the Bengals, but just in the receiver room. <laughs> uh, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Okay, and somehow in all this, we were still able to, We haven't even hit a button yet because this thing's so obscene. We kept the 33rd overall pick. Yeah, I, you know, um, another one that I can't really explain. I do want to work this in. Since I turned around to not face the TV, both teams have scored twice. So I don't know what the heck's going on over there. It kind of fits this mock draft. But, yeah, somehow, some way, uh, the 33rd pick is still uh, in the hands of the Jags, and it's a Georgia Bulldog, Lewis Seen. Lewis Seen, who, by the way, if you read some things, a lot of people feel like he's climbing boards, could be a first-round pick. Uh, we'll talk about how people view this first round coming up a little bit later on in football at five. But Lewis seen a good player, but one of those dogs is maybe a bit underrated and could climb boards back into the first round. So uh, what do we know about Lewis seen outside of the fact that he was on the national championship? Very good Georgia defense. Yeah, we know I'm very conflicted about the button pressing, right? Because he ran a four, three, seven. Oh, that's a button. Which feet, right? It feels fast. So we'll hit the button. Speed. I M. Speed. However, he does not play with the same level of burst and speed on the field. Hmm. He's fast, but he doesn't play fast. Yeah. So slow. So you're you're basically calling him slow but fast, which is you know it is what it is. Uh, average route recognition can be slow out of breaks. So this is the slowest fast guy in the history of the NFL. And then the positioning is not very good either. But he has good anticipation. So, all right. So, uh, yeah. do we need safety at 33? So we still don't have like another offensive lineman, defensive interior. Uh, we've got 400 wide receivers, which is very cool. Safety. I mean, I guess you can make a play for safety, but it seems early for me. And then at round two, 40th pick, because somehow we got that Jalen Petrie is out of Baylor, who we had yesterday, and we've had many a time. Yeah, back-to-back days with Petrie. I'm just glad it's not Parham. Um, No Petrie facts, but still the same situation. Not fast. So, once again, the secondary is going to be the slowest in the league, apparently. Uh, He's not great when he has to run backwards, which is a problem. However, a very good blitzer. Very good blitzer. I like guys that can blitz. I think we discussed this yesterday. Boomer bust with this guy. So, if you put him and Cisco back there, it could be bad. Oh, that's that was the big thing, right? Yeah. Cisco's got a little bit. It's a little eye discipline sometimes that these guys get their eyes big and want to go make a play. Brian Asamo, linebacker, we had him yesterday too. This guy's been a popular shock your mocker. Yeah, he's uh, he's the classic example of his grade is super high and doesn't get picked high in the thing. So every time you do a mock simulator, he's right there for the taking. So at some point, you have to indeed, indeed click on him. Downhill, he's really good at. But again, we talked about yesterday football field is flat so the downhill will be a part of it uh weak though this is our guy poor upper body strength does not get any pop in his punch 
Oh, popping a bunch of olds. Yeah, so there, you know, it's just, it's not right. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? I love the young people. You just what? can't call him weak. You just yeah. can't do it. You know? uh, pack of the punch, baby. Uh, round three, pick 70. Zach Tom, two-name person again. Which is it, Zach or Tom? Depends if you like him, I guess. Zach Tom out of Wake Forest is a new guy. I don't remember Zach Tom. No. The tackle. What no. we got out of anything? Uh, you know, he's a really good pass blocker, according to the NFLDraftBuzz.com, um, with no uh, verified check mark. But apparently, he is a great pass rusher. However, you know, fourth round grade on this guy, so you may be overdrafting him just a bit. Uh, but pass in pass protection, he's got it. Run blocking, you might want to run the other direction. <laughs> we 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 trade two more times in Patrick's draft here, which I don't even want to talk about it because I've got a headache from talking about it. But we go three offensive linemen in a row. We've got a third round and a fourth round pick. Donovan West out of Arizona State. Don't remember much about him. Kellen Deesh, and I do remember this guy because this is where Austin would say, Deesh, Deesh, Deesh. Yeah, that's our guy, Deesh, 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 right? So uh, here's the research I did on Arizona State. They're not any good. No, not football. So, I, you know, I'm looking at the stats like, okay, maybe leaders. maybe they had a big time. Oh, that's true. Maybe they had a big time rusher. No, not really. Uh, quarterback, you know, big time passer. No, he was sacked 26 times. That feels like a lot. Um, no, we're good. All right, okay. that's Donovan West, uh, center. It is a center, and it's a round three center, but uh, we don't know much about him. Where do we go after Deesh, Deesh, Deesh? Yeah, so... Uh, that's it. Well, here's what's weird about it. So the Jags then trade all the fifth and sixth rounders for pick 112. But in our screenshot, pick 112 was never made. Yeah, that was weird. He only gave us, like, the first page, didn't he? Yeah, so I don't know who we got with 112, but we it, it's just it, kind of left to be desired type it, thing. Listen, I love the idea of trading all around and, and not making 12 picks and all this fun, but, I mean, this – Mock draft is just about as this is maybe the most unrealistic one we've had. Yes. We got DK Metcalf and Jamison Williams. We still pick thirteenth and thirty third. And honestly, I didn't like when we picked thirteenth and thirty third. But I do like the fact that we have DK Metcalf, Jamison Williams, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, LaVisca Chenault, uh, and Laquan Treadwell now on our receiving court. And Jamal are, Agnew, yep. And Jamal Agnew, we're deep. Now we got we have all the receivers. So yeah, that um if we can somehow pull this out, I think Patrick Long can take his Instagram followers right into Trent Balky's job if this gets uh, <laughs> uh, pulled out. Because this would be a uh, – uh, we'd throw a parade for Patrick if he could get this figured out in the front office. Hey, by the way, one other thing. This kind of reminds you of, like, remember you play fantasy football sometimes, and I think I've probably done this in the past, where you just go get, like, everything of one position. Yeah, that's true. You know? Like, yeah. you just take, like, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey. You got you to gotta have, you know, you got to be ready. And so that's kind of what this reminds me of. Too much fantasy football for Patrick. Yeah, that's, that's a fair assessment. Uh, that is Shock Your Mock here on a Tuesday. Uh, we'll see uh, where it turns to on a Wednesday and maybe even get our mock drafts uh, in there as well. It, what was interesting, and this was not planned, is we're talking a little wide receiver today. We talked some Jamison Williams. I want to ask if we're talking too much about wide receiver at that second pick at number 33. And ironically, Patrick brought all the receivers to the table today. Yeah. So um, it was good timing on his part at the very least. Uh, let's go, take Patrick. a break. We are live at iCryo here in St. John's County. Come on out. Be here until 6 o'clock. Yeah, check this out. Believe in your health here at iCryo. If you haven't downloaded the app, do that. IV infusion, red light therapy, cryotherapy, 
body sculpting. A little bit of something for everything. Men, women, kids, families. Try it out. We've been trying it out. Absolutely love it. I wouldn't tell you about it if we didn't. Uh, I cry out down here in St. John's County Pavilion at Durban Park. We talk more about the NFL draft coming up. And is Kevin Durant done? Are the Nets done? Or is this just a blip in the career? It's been stellar for KD. We'll hit a little bit of that as well. On the way, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. You know, I, I, I tend to see, you know, people uh, blaming me for the, the chaos that the receiver, <laughs> the receiver market has been uh, attracting this offseason. But, you know, the way I look at it, you know, it's bound to happen. You know, guys like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, uh, Stephon Diggs, they were going to get those deals regardless, you know, especially uh, where the cap is, you know, how much money the league's bringing in every year. Uh, and, you know, you just see the way different positions are getting paid. You know, guys are just going to start getting paid more. And, uh, you know, our position has been at the forefront. And so uh, I know it's been, you know, like I said, attracting a lot of attention. But uh, I believe the receiver position has, you know, if not the most, one of the most, you know, impactful, um, you know, outcomes and positions, you know, on the field. That is Christian Kirk talking about that new deal that he got. And I guess he thought everybody's going to get paid anyway. I think he's probably right, even though he's got the eye-opening deal maybe of the entire uh, free agency uh, season. And good for him. Good for him. Can't wait to see him in action. Hope he plays really well for the Jags. I don't care how much he got paid, quite frankly. You know, little known, uh, the Jags uh, on the field today for the first time uh, with Doug Peterson. Their veterans were there. They had like a veteran camp, and they're practicing out on the stadium. It wasn't open to the local media. Uh, which is a little odd, I guess, but uh, it wasn't. And we have plenty to do with draft week, but they get rolling. And so um, my guess is you can see a little bit of that and some of the reaction on jaguars.com. Uh, but it kind of, you know, I don't know how substantial of a moment, but Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence out on the field for the first time together uh, on the grass. Yeah. So that, that's kind of cool and uh, kind of a little bit of a milestone in, in that respect. Uh, Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're live from my cryo here in St. John's County. Come on out, say hello here until 6 o'clock at the Pavilion at Durban Park. Uh, the NBA is full steam ahead. Kevin Durant is not. He's done for the year. Yeah. LeBron James and Kevin Durant, home by the end of April. I'm not sure if you had that in the pool. Probably not, yeah. But uh, a bit surprising there. Is Kevin Durant not done, but he's on the downside? Have we seen the best of KD? I think he's 33. Yeah, um, it's a great question. I think what we have seen is KD can't do it by himself, and that's pretty much hammered home now, in my opinion. I think he's going to probably regret regretting leaving Golden State because they did pretty much all of it for him, and then he could just kind of fill in, if you will. But what we learned from what happened with the Nets is KD is at the point in his career where he can't do it on his own. If he ever could, is yet is never going to be known because he had Golden State. When he was at Oklahoma City, he couldn't do it on his own. So he's past that point of his career, and I think what we found out is Kyrie Irving is not enough. And Kyrie Irving cannot be relied on in basketball, on the NBA, to be a superstar on your team. So Kevin Durant... Kyrie Irving and the Nets brass have some things to figure out how they want to go forward with their team. 
Yeah, I think, listen, Kevin Durant's a sensational player. He changed, uh, seemed like changed the game in, in, in a respect or helped change the game. Just don't make many people like him, but the outside game became, you know, key for a, a big player. Now, Dirk Nowitzki, you could say the same about him, and, and there have been others. But uh, Durant's special. He's super talented. And honestly, I don't know if it matters to me that can he do it on his own. It's like this NBA thing, right? Like, we don't say that. Like, we never said, can Dan Marino do it on his own? Well, he couldn't. They never won a Super Bowl. He was terrific. So, and nobody disputes how good he was. It was really everybody else that couldn't get the job done. Uh, They never could build a good enough team around him. Well, the way the NBA is now, and I think LeBron helped change this, but we never asked this about Michael Jordan. Could he do it on his own? They never had to. LeBron James kind of did in Cleveland. It felt more on his own, but he didn't in Miami. And he really didn't in L.A. When they won it in the shortened season. So, I, I... I think we asked the question around KD because he joined the super team of the Warriors, and that's when he won. Yeah. And so I, I just don't know if, like, when you talk about Kevin Durant 25 years from now, I'm not sure. I'm like, yeah, but he never won it on his own. Like, I, it doesn't register for me. Terrific player. I just think he might be on the downside of his career, and that might come a little quicker to guys like Kevin Durant maybe than it did for a LeBron James quite frankly, who's still seemingly playing pretty well, although he's not the same guy he was uh, five years ago. I think even he would admit that. Uh, bigger than that is the Nets were a disaster, oh. and the Nets didn't work. Uh, they got Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, this whole thing that they tried. Uh, James Harden, they had to get rid of Harden. They got Ben Simmons, who was worse than all of them in terms of distractions and the inability to help. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that leaves the Nets, who I really could give to whatever's about, uh, in kind of a weird spot because is Kyrie I see I think the bigger questions around is Ky, Kyrie Irving Agreed. he was terrific in game one and then what happened to him and is he just an unreliable player not because he didn't get a vaccine is he just unreliable because since he went to Boston on his own and got away from LeBron and wanted to be the star what has he done I mean he's a good player he's a very good player but is he going to go down to be like the Russell Westbrooks and, and James Hardens, where I'm just not sure they are big-time winners in this league by them? Well, not even by themselves, but when they're the centerpiece of the team. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And to me, look, there's a lot with Kyrie that goes into it, but the facts are he's only played 103 games in the last three years. That's not good enough for a guy making that much money that's supposed to be your first or second best player. That's not good enough. And to your point with Russell Westbrook in in that category. He is in that category because he under-delivered. He was great in game one, fair enough. Still lost the game because Kevin Durant couldn't score the basketball. So it's Kyrie's in a weird spot. And if I'm Brooklyn, I'd call anybody that'll listen because he's got a player option. He's going to make $35 million next year. Now, granted, it is Kyrie. You never know what he's going to do. He might opt out of it. But like likely he's going to opt in, make $35 million. I'd call anyone that would listen to get rid of Kyrie Irving. Like, it's just too much. There's too much there. With all the off-the-court stuff, and then when he's on the court, he underachieved in the playoffs, I, I would get rid of him as quick as possible. Yeah, so we'll see if they do that and how they try to reset this team. What about tonight, real quick? Hawks, he, it's 3-1 Miami leads. They wrap it up tonight, Casey, or no? Yeah. Yeah, so. by, by the way, Trey Young, very disappointing in this series. Very, yeah. very disappointing. Uh, Timberwolves, Grizzlies. This has been wild series. Memphis back at home. Do they win? Yes. And maybe the biggest intrigue all of a sudden. Can the Pelicans take that show on the road and scare the heck out of the Suns without Booker? 
it's 2-2 in the series. Suns now are at home. Who wins there? Yeah, so much interest. Um, I'd like to say the Suns get it done, but I can't. They've been not the same basketball team they have been without Devin Booker, and I didn't realize. I said this yesterday on OT. I didn't realize. I knew Devin Booker was their best player. I didn't realize he was that much of their best player. They can't do anything without him. So because of that, give me Brandon Ingram and the boys. I'll go with the Pelicans. Mm, really? Why? I mean, it, they can't. It, Chris Paul's doing nothing. Like you, I I like what the Pelicans are doing right now. Zion's probably going to warm up again, which is dope. <laughs> I love seeing Inspiring Zion. Inspiring dunks. Yeah. So I mean, I'm all on the Pelicans. Ten games under 500, and might find a way to beat the Suns without D Book. Uh, all right, I'm going to shift gears here, hit a couple different topics in this segment. Uh, and one is the uh, – I'm learning things here, okay, at the Florida High School uh, Athletic Association, the FHSAA. There were some right. big doings actually yesterday where there was some thought that they could reverse the football, sub- like the suburban – division and the uh, the county division or however they're doing it. Um, but they, they, they changed the whole thing this year, and they almost revert. Well, they could have reversed what they planned to do, but they didn't. They kept it. They're going to try it out. So um, the hope is to spread some of the power in the football programs around to other areas because the same big counties were winning all the state championships. So that's going to remain the same. Now, what's more important in my household, Casey, is this new format that really was supposed to go in place back i think in 19 or 20 right around pandemic time so it would have been 20 i believe and what happened in the old way of doing it in a lot of sports here in the state of florida is if you made your district title game you essentially went to the state playoffs okay so the winner would play a home game in the state the winner of the district championship uh would play a home game in the first round of the playoffs the loser would go on the road Okay. But but in reality, let's just take the world I live in in baseball and softball here in the high school ranks. The only game that mattered was the semifinal. So, like, as long as you got into the district championship game, you were in the playoffs. Right. It didn't really matter if you went, had two wins, ten wins, twenty wins, or won the title. You got in. And so that was – so what happened was they switched it to an at-large situation. So the four district champions and four at-large bids in each region were to get in. And that makes some sense, right? Think about it like uh, the NCAA tournament where your conference champ is going to automatically go. And so if you have a Cinderella who didn't really play well, they still got a chance because they could win their conference title and get the automatic bid, say, in the ACC. But if you're Duke in North Carolina and you do get upset, well, your, your body of work says you're still getting into the tournament, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how this works. Now, limited spots, not like the NCAA tournament in that realm. Um, so if you're following me, that's the new way. Well, it got put on hold for a couple of years because of the pandemic. And so this is really the first year that baseball and softball and the spring sports uh, have experienced it. Well, there's one other element here, and if you're tuned in just for this, and if you're not involved in the high school stuff, uh, you can tune out for a moment. But if you're tuned in to it, I got some information today because all these rankings come off Max Preps. You're aware of that, Casey, right? Yes, sir. Max Preps. They keep all the stats. They keep the schedules. They really do a good job with the high school stuff uh, all around the country. Well, they have these metrics that they put in place. Well, there's something that I could not follow because today is the final day of rankings. So now your seating is is set for the districts next week, uh, at least in baseball and softball. And then also, 
however they determine those at-large bids, depending on what goes on in the districts for when the state playoffs begin in two weeks. It's done. Like, well, there's still games this week, but they don't count toward that. It's done. It's locked in right now, okay. which also is pretty interesting. You could debate why don't they just wait one like until Saturday or Sunday to, yes. to figure out the metrics and count every game. Agreed. That's fair. They do that in football. Why don't they do it in baseball and, bat- and, and softball and other sports? Like, I don't know. I really don't have that answer. But what's really fascinating is if you go on Max Preps, you'll see a rating. And the rating is different than the one on the FHSAA website. So much so that the order of the teams can change. So I'll give you an example. Please do. Obviously, we care about Creekside around here in my house. So in softball, Oak Leaf has been the number one team in the district in in 7A uh, around here all year. So they're rated the highest. They're going to be the number one team. Well, on Max Preps today, when the season shook out, Creekside was number two. Bartram was three. And I think Mandarin was four and Sandalwood was five. Okay. But if you looked on the FHSAA, those were not the five teams in that order. It was Oakleaf, Creekside, and then it was like Mandarin, Sandalwood, Bartram. So Bartram went from third to fifth, depending on which. I was like, how does that happen? You're taking them from the max preps. Like you're taking the numbers and the system and just putting it on the FHSAA website is what we thought to determine these teams. Well, it's not the way it works because there's a metric that gets left out, and this is what I've been explaining. This is the moral of the story. Okay. If you look at Max Preps, if you follow high school around here, and by the way, I talked to a lot of folks around here that did, could not follow this system either, so it's very complicated. But there's a system in Max Preps when they do their rankings that they count margin of victory in their rankings. Well, the FHSAA apparently has voted to not count margin of victory as part of their equation. So that's why you see this disparity in numbers. And if the teams are close enough in all these ratings, you can actually jockey around positioning based on that margin of victory. And I actually like it because, and by the way, this isn't like uh, selfishly I like it because Creekside was number two in both of them, so it didn't matter. But um, the reason why I like it is because, and I think the FHSAA is right here, they don't endorse people beating teams by like 25. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take baseball and softball, like where you're playing somebody, like Max Preps. If you beat them 18 to one rather than eight to one, it's got higher value. But FHSAA said, "Hey, we're not doing that. We're not. We don't want that to be a part of it." And so I think I like it better that way because they're not endorsing you to go pummel somebody. Yeah. Uh, and and part of the metrics anyway is that what this whole system does is endorse you to play hard teams and good teams and people that are like you and your programs rather than just go beat up on people and go 22 and 3. And so it's actually a pretty good system overall, and it takes body of work and gives Cinderella a chance to win in the district championships. But I just took eight minutes to explain it, yeah. and it seems too long. Like, yeah. it's really hard to follow why you get in, why you're ranked here, why they're ranked here. And I said this on Twitter the other day. It's like, if you have a system in place that you can't debate because you have no idea how it works, I'm not sure that's, like, fully a good system. Agreed. Like, like, it's great for the FHSAA because nobody can complain about it. They don't know what they're complaining about. Very true. So I guess it saves them some headaches. But if I'm a coach or an administrator or a player or, in this case, a parent, uh, or even in the media trying to follow this, 
I'm like, okay, if you beat this team, I should be able to know if you're in or not. You know, ideally, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, and we don't, you don't get that. But they're, listen, they're trying to get the system correct. It's uh, it's better than the old system in my opinion, and that has zero to do with like. Like, I actually got two kids in different spots. Like, Ty's team needs to win the district to have a chance to go to the playoffs. Like, they're out. They haven't been good enough. Mm. Like, Kaylee's team, I think, if I read this right, like, she doesn't need to – they don't need to win the districts, and they're probably going to go to the state playoffs unless there's, like, crazy upsets. So it's wild how, at least in my house, it works both ways. But I think I like the system better this way. Um, and last year, like Creekside, for this example, they – they both made this, the district championship game, and they made the playoffs just for making it. Like, Ty's team lost but still made the playoffs. Kaylee's team won, and they would have made the playoffs in under any scenario. So um, I'm telling you, parents, if you're uh, struggling figuring this out, or coaches too, because that's the other part of this. I think with these new systems, and we're going to see this in football too, that coaches don't really know how it's all working. And so you're trying it out, and you're trying to schedule properly, and always it's going to leave somebody out that you think should get in. Like, that's just going to be the case. But the less you can do that, I think the FHSAA is doing as much as possible right now to avoid that. I think the bigger problem is can you explain it to people? And um, as just witnessed by my 10-minute explanation, it's, it's, not, it's just not a bracket. You, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, I'm just hoping there's no test on whatever we just talked about. Um, but I have been asked for or clarification on the stream, and uh, what I can report in is this. What I understand from what Brent just said is they don't want you to blow out other teams if they're bad, and max preps and the FHSAA rankings are not the same. So that's the, my overall takeaways, dumbing down what Brent just said. By the way, Brent, uh, while you were doing that, we had a PK goal for Real Madrid. It's 4-3 with five minutes to play. Oh, very good. And by the way, you just answered the feed question. Like, that's the same correlate correlation and question like it goes together like what you just said is right the fhsaa metrics the number you get and the max preps metrics are different and the reason they're different is because they don't want blowouts to factor in yeah so it's it's really that's really the moral of the story and so if you go on if you're trying to follow this stuff that's why it's different that's what i learned today that's why it's different and i actually again i can hammer the fhsaa from time to time i think everybody does I applaud him for that. I think that's the right way to do it. I mean, listen, like, that's what happens in the world. The Cubs won 21 nothing and then lost to the Pirates the next day. That's like, a good call. That's what happens. So like, in theory, happen. if the one team beat another team 21 nothing in Florida high school baseball, that wouldn't count for them. No, it wouldn't. It would just count as a win. I get it. It would count one and one. But under the if under the Max Preps way... That 21 nothing win would count a lot more than that one-run loss. Mm. You know? So I think it makes sense. I actually think it makes sense. It's the real world, though. It's, you're one and one. That's what it counts as. Maybe I could pass the test. Who knows? You By the could. way, also. I think you're following me. I, yeah, you know, I tried. By the way, Patrick jumped in on the YouTube and said, my mock got shredded, LOL. <laughs> yeah, it did, man. But, hey, we got every receiver in the game, Patrick, so we appreciate that for sure. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Back to uh, some things that maybe make a little bit more sense, like the NFL and the Jags maybe make a little more sense. We'll be back. I'm not going to talk about that much today because I don't think that's productive. I don't want to speak 
on behalf of Debo and, and his team. And uh, I think it's non-productive um, for, for us to be, to be talking about things. I can't ever imagine, you know, wanting to, to move on from Debo. He's been such a great player for us. He means so much to this franchise. Got nothing but love for the guy. Just don't let guys like that walk. So, um, you know, we, uh, I can't envision a, a scenario where we would. Well, I believe that was uh, Lynch with San Francisco. And yep. is that going to be the case? I don't know. I think some people said the same thing about Devontae Adams, you know. <laughs> I mean, sure. I'm not sure I'd buy all of it, but I also think they're right on, yeah, we don't want to let that guy walk, but business is business. So we'll see where it turns on Devo Samuel. It feels like it's quieted a bit. Here we are a couple of days away from the draft. I don't think we're getting any of those blockbuster deals on the eve of the draft or anything. Well, maybe, maybe we will, but I, I just don't feel those coming. Um, but I'm not sure I felt this entire offseason coming either, the way it shook out. Not to this extent. So who knows? Brent Morton back here in St. John's County at iCryo and uh, uh, the pavilion at Durban Park. So come on out say hello to us as people continue to try iCryo out and get educated on it and see what it's all about. So stop on by. It just opened on Saturday down here in St. John's County. Casey Kurtz back in the Action Sports Shack studios, locked into the soccer game. What's the score? 4-3 uh, to three should be over. Uh, in a couple seconds, pretty crazy thing happened just a minute ago. Uh, had somebody run on the uh, the pitch, and they usually don't show that. It was a kid. Oh, like oh, it's over. It, it's it's over just now. Four three. Man City's gonna win. Um, but yeah, so a kid ran on the field, but they showed him because then it looked like it was an accident type thing. Like I don't really know what happened there. And then somebody else took the opportunity while that was happening to also run on the field. So we had all kinds of people on the field just a moment ago. But, yeah, it is, it is indeed over. And uh, Action News Jacks at 5 will start on time. <laughs> I love that we are showing on CBS 47. Me too. Uh, soccer. Yeah, I, listen. Like, that is the most bizarre thing. Like, I don't get – I wonder how that came about. There's got to be some value in it. What are we jumping out of there? Is that like Judge Judy and, and other things? Or uh, it should be Dr. Phil, if I remember from my days down in TV. Dr. Phil's losing his fastball, I guess. Yeah, the Phil tees. They used to uh, talk over Dr. Phil to get people to stay for the news. I remember that all good and well. But, yeah, that's uh, what's – yeah, no, no Dr. Phil. I was taking some heat on my FHSAA comments on the stream I see. Yeah, man, people uh, are getting after you. Filibustering, uh, they say. Yeah. Now listen, I'll be a lobbyist at the end of this for, for high school sports. I'm telling you, if you live in my world, nobody gets it. And there's a lot of people that live in that high school world. Nobody understands it. I will go to the park today, and I'll explain it to 50 people. I guarantee you. They'll be like, what the hell's going on here? Here's so, what I would do if I were you. That's just what I'm here for. Cut the clip of you talking about it on the show and just play it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Hey, save uh, yourself 10 minutes. I do want to talk football. We're going to get football at 5 in a minute. I got some more Jag stuff. I got receiver stuff. Um, but I do want to ask you this, and, and everybody this. Is there a team you envy in the NFL draft this year? Who would you like to be? Um, and not, by the way, like Kansas City, who's got Patrick Mahomes right. and picking 28th. I'm saying for draft capital, who would you want to be? Would you want to be the Jets? Would you want to be the Giants? Would you want to be the Eagles? Where do you want to be? Uh, first of all, I never want to be the Jets in anything. But uh, to answer your question, the Eagles. I think the Eagles are, well, I don't think they are. That's proven fact that they were a playoff team last year. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is a guy that is good enough to be your quarterback and will continue to grow. And you got two picks to make your team better where you don't have to pick quarterback. You just went receiver last year. You could pair up another one with Devonta Smith. Your running back's in a good spot. Defense is good. I think the Eagles are in a really good spot with the two picks they have. That's interesting you say that because they've got that 15 to 20 
you know, zone that they're in. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got four and ten. You got what? Five and seven for the Jets and the Giants. You got three and I think thirteen for the Texans. Heck, you got one and thirty-three for the Jags, which is not a bad position to be in. No, yeah, I agree. I think though, with where the Eagles are, you're definitely what we do know about this draft is it might not be top heavy, but there's talent and a good amount of it. I think the Eagles are gonna at least once, maybe twice, have a really good football player fall in their lap and they'll be able to make the move to pick that person. Yeah, interesting. So many teams with multiple picks, which creates this question of, is there anyone to be enviable about going into this draft? And when we come back on Football at 5, I want to ask this question, is it a good year to have two picks in the first round? Is it a good year to have a later pick in the first round? Is it better to not jump in the first round because maybe there are not enough first-round grades to go with this entire class? for everybody to get their guy. Sometimes there's 40 first-round grades. Sometimes there's 12, 15, 18. What kind of class is this? What kind of draft is this? And will the Jaguars jump back in or be better off hanging on to that 33rd overall pick? We talk more about it. Football at 5 on the way on ESPN 690.